Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Stand with me. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord this morning on this, shall we say, chilly day whenever the wind chill was below zero. Thank you so much for our second installment here of This Could Be. You know, this could be your year, lining ourselves up with God and doing what He's asked us to do. This could be that year that you need for that breakthrough, for that increase, for greater relationships, whatever it is that you're looking for. Let's begin by prayer. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Thank you for being in this house. Thank you for being in our hearts and our lives, God. We just pray that we would be enlightened by your Holy Spirit, be enlightened by your Word. God, speak to our hearts this morning in the name of Jesus. Everyone says, amen, amen. Look at your neighbor and say hi. Say, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for whatever device you're listening by. We appreciate you being a part of what we're doing. Well, thank you guys. I know that it's chilly outside. I had a couple texts. Are we going to cancel church? And the answer is just simply no. If, the, if it drops into single digits, we want to know, don't we? Well, I appreciate you being here, and I know that if there, whoever's listening on the other side of the camera, maybe you're at home, we're praying for you. One of the greatest things that uh, we can do in our life is to keep it in balance. And today, I just simply want to talk about how important it is to have balance in our life. But it's very important that we know there's one thing that we cannot keep in balance. It only goes one way. But for everything else, relationships, jobs, family, things of that nature, we have to be willing to keep that in balance or we get off sight, we get off kilter, we get off what God has called us to do. Now, if you've ever watched the Olympics, which I'm sure many of you have, and you get into the gymnastics portion, of course you'll know um, Simone Biles and other names like that. And I remember I was watching um, one of the young ladies ladies go across the balance beam. Now, on the men's side of things, they do not have the balance beam, and that's a good thing, okay? But on the female side, they do. And I remember hearing the person who was commentating, who was talking about this young lady, and of course, you know, most of those are in their 20s or certainly below that, but she talked about how their feet would wrap around that beam, about how whenever they would do a flip or whatever they would call it, and they would tilt to one side or another, their toes would crinkle up right there on the side of that beam. And he said, it's interesting, the commentator did, because he said, those toes are so strong, man, you could crack walnuts with those things, man. That's, that's, how, that's how strong their feet were, and they were doing everything they can to keep on balance. And I'm convinced that on the spiritual side of stuff, that should be our attempt. God, I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that I stay in balance. I make sure I keep everything, family and friends and work and things like that, and balance the best that I can. So whatever you call me to do, I want to make sure that I keep that in balance. But the one thing that I don't want to keep in balance, of course, is what? Our relationship with Jesus Christ. That always wins. But in the world that we live in, there's many things that we face. Now, up here, I've got a BOSU ball is what they're called. I hope I pronounced that right. And I borrowed these from my friend Mason. And the one thing that they are to do is help you gain strength. Now, in the life that we balance, we will have different things that we have to balance and that we have to do. In front of me, you see this one, and you step on top, and it's really not as difficult to balance on, okay? As I step off and I go back and try it again, okay? It's really not as hard to balance on. You've got a little bit of leverage. This is kind of for beginners on this side, and you can tell that you're going left or right. Well, many of the things that we try to balance in our life 
they really are not hard to balance. For instance, there's some things that you will not let in your home. There's relationships and entertainment that you've made up your mind that I'm simply not going to let in my home. It's not really that much of a balancing act. There's certain people's opinions, or maybe there's things that are going on at work, and you're like, listen, the answer is no. It does maybe take a little bit of finesse and stuff like that, but the reality is, no, that's not something that I have to have, to have. but there's all kinds of things we have to keep in balance. And then you come over here, now this ball is turned upside down, and in some ways this is a little bit more difficult, okay? Because you have to be able to balance, okay? Now this kind of represents some of those relationships that are a little bit more difficult, Okay? Those ones that, uh, you know, maybe your outer circle, some of those connected people at your job, maybe you've got something that God has been speaking to you and you're trying your best to balance that, not, not go after it, just balance it and see how in the world you can make it happen. And we balance. Now, this is what's interesting about, about these balance balls is what they do is they begin to build the core of your body. If we are going to have a strong core in the spiritual realm, we must chase balance. Because the core of who we are has to be strong so God can put things on our plate and on us, and it takes strength to do that. But that's what the balance is made for. These balls are to begin to, to, to help you, of course, have balance, but also begin to strengthen up your core so you can go right and left, back and forth, up and down, all these type of things. Okay, you can do squats, which I'm not gonna do because the worst thing I could do is have a blowout in my jeans, man. And then Randy would have to come up here and finish preaching for me <laughs> as I walk frontwards out. <laughs> So we're not going to do that. But it's interesting. So this is kind of, and then you have other situations in your life that require a little bit more difficulty, okay? You have some that you have to balance that requires a little bit more effort. And the situation is a little bit more difficult. Your feet are closer together. You're trying to do squats and all these type of things, and you're trying to stay balanced. Now, how many of you are nervous for me right now? Don't be nervous. I practice once again. And you're trying this. Okay, these are some, maybe your marriage. Marriage is a delicate thing. You've got to balance it. Kids, maybe the close extended family. Maybe there's something in your job that you're going after and you don't want it to eat you alive, but there's some delicate things that you have to do and it, it, your feet are close and it's a little bit more intense, and, but you still have to balance it. You still have to make sure your emotions are in check. You have to make sure that your life is in check. And in each one of these, you see that there's different ways that we have to balance. But we're called to have a life of balance. Balance is all in Scripture. So let's read some Scriptures together here with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. For everything there is a season and there is a time, every matter under heaven. There's a time to celebrate. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to plant. There's a time to plow. There is a time to reap. There is a time to eat. There is a time to do what we're doing this week where we set those things aside and we fast and pray and seek God. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 24. Does he who plows for sowing plow continually? Does he continually open and harrow his ground? Once again, Isaiah is calling him and saying, listen, there are points when we don't just plow and plow and plow. Once the ground is opened up, then we start planting seeds. 
There's a time to plant seeds. There is a time to plow. That means there is a time to work. And then there is a time to step back and let God do what only God can do. But we don't need to keep pushing through. We have to keep it in balance. God, you've called me to do this and I'm going to do that. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He's talking to the leaders. He's talking to them and saying, listen, you're out of balance. You've got this thing wrong. Yeah, you tithe where everybody can see you and on the things that you tithe on, it looks like a big deal and cumin and all this other little bitty spices and things like that that people would give to the church. But the reality is inside of you, you don't care about justice. You don't care about mercy. You've neglected those type of things and, and you don't care about faithfulness you just do it where people can see you and you're out of balance you're out of kilter and he's saying listen you cannot live that way it's a balance that we pull back into Micah chapter 6 verse 8 he has told you O man what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, there's the word again, to love kindness and to walk humbly before your God. It's not just enough to slam your hand down, but you have to have justice, but you have to love kindness, and then at the same time, you have to have a humility about you that's before God. You see the balance in there? You can't just have one or the other. It's something that we have to chase, something that we have to go after, as the prophet Micah talks about. Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6 through 17. Now Paul is writing... And it says, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. You see the balance there? Go out and God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to have our hearts comforted. He wants us to be established, but not just so we can say, hey, we're comfortable, we're established, but it's for every good work. So we have the balance. God, you're doing things in my life, and at the same time, that is coming out of me into the world, into people's life. So there's a balance there. If we, if we look in here, it's for every good work and word. So I need to be able to speak the word of God, speak the love of God, speak the kindness of God at the same time while I'm working. Have you guys ever been around one of those people who can't work and talk at the same time? I, when I was growing up, I worked for a guy named Alvy Rogers. He's in heaven now, but he taught me that lesson. When I was just a young man, he had this enormous yard. It would take like two days to rake. And he was old school. He had this old Chevy pickup that was like from the 60s. It looked like it had been through a couple war wars. And uh, our job was to fill that sucker up with leaves and then go out in his pasture and dump it, which was the funnest part about the whole thing because I didn't even have my license. There's no way I was going to drive slow through his pasture, man. I like put it to the floor and one time the, dunk, the, the bumper dug down in the dirt and came back up and he goes, now boys, <laughs> he goes, I appreciate you wanting to get things done, but whenever the bumper goes into the dirt, you're probably going too fast. I was thinking, no, we we'll probably need to speed it up a little bit. But I didn't tell him that. It's his truck. I said, yes, sir. But I remember we'd have the yard rake, and I'd be raking. We'd get lost in conversation. And here in a second, I had the rake in my hand, and I was just talking to him. And his old 78-year-old voice, he'd look at me and be like, Matt, let's work and talk, son. Work and talk. 
And I remember he used to do that. Well, that's the balance that even Paul is talking about here. In every good work and word, there's a balance. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. Here's the good old King Jimmy, baby. I love it. We need a little bit of King Jimmy in our life, okay? Thou shalt surely give him, and thine heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works, and in all thou puttest thy hand unto and what is he saying? God's going to give us some blessings, and he's going to bless us in the midst of those blessings, and he's going to bless what we put our hand to. But he doesn't just put blessings on our life. He puts it on our life so we can get something accomplished, and we see the balance in the life. Whatever you put your hand to, he will bless. But the balance is, he's not just going to rain down blessings on heaven unless I get a hold of a plow and say, it's time to start getting after what God's called me to do. The balance. And we're all in this together. God, what, is you, what have you called me to? And if I know what he's called me to, am I fulfilling that to the best of my ability? Is there other things that have crept in that have become more important and that thing less important? And I can tell you, God will be patient and kind and loving because he is for a season, but there will be a point where he's going to find somebody who will be passionate about it, who will do it right, and who will get it done. Amen? That, that's what he does. So we have to always keep that balance in our life. But today, as I read these scriptures, what I really want to come to you, I, I, I really have more of a burden, if you will, to share with you today. So my normal delivery is I pick a, a text of scripture and I begin to break that down line by line and throw some other ones in there. What I'm going to do here is just really tell you what I think God is helping us understand the power of a life of balance. So the first thing that as I began to think about this and process this is this. If we're going to fight to have a balanced life, we must have an unbalanced pursuit of God. If we're going to fight to have an unbalanced, uh, to have a balanced life, we must have an unbalanced pursuit of God. If you want to have a balanced life, we have to, have we have to be unbalanced in the way we chase a balanced God. Let me reread that. If you want to have a balanced life, we have to be balanced in the way we chase a balanced God. Far too many times, we put our pursuit with God with pursuits of other things. And if we truly judged ourselves, which we will talk about that here in a second, we will find out that those other things are more important than God. We just need to admit it because we do that more and we say, oh, I'm doing this for the kingdom. But if we were actually to take inventory about how those affected the kingdom, they really wouldn't affect the kingdom that much. But man, we're sinking an awful lot of time into them. As we begin our prayer and fasting this week, it's important that we say, God, we are setting the trajectory of our year. We are going in for this next week and we are gonna put some things aside and put scripture in front of us and say, God, what are you speaking to me? Not what are you speaking to my neighbor, none of that business, but God, what are you speaking to me? You've got to find some alone time. You've got to read. You've got to go after, and you've got to be really honest with yourself because the one thing that cannot be balanced is our pursuit of God. If we're going to really pursue God like he calls us to pursue, then it has to be one-sided. 
What we want to do is we want to take our pursuit with God and say, you know, there's some other stuff over here that looks pretty good. So how do I make sure I balance this? Sometimes God, sometimes this other thing. Sometimes God, sometimes this other thing. And whenever you do that, all of a sudden you begin to see integrity problems. You begin to see sinful nature. You begin to see selfishness. Come on now, do I have a witness in here? I know this is hard. So that's the reason it's, it's a burden for me. But what we do is God is saying, that's not what I want. What I want is this. When you're talking about pursuing me, it's unbalanced. I go after God. God, where am I at with you to be like you, to do what you've called me to? That's what I've got to answer. That is not equal to the things in the world. That's not equal to relationships. That's not equal to career opportunities. That's not equal to all these other things that can dive into our attention and, and grasp us and make us lose our focus, God. Paul put it, those things that so eagerly, easily entangle us. We want to take those things that entangle us and begin this balancing thing, God, God, that, God, God. And God is saying, no, if you're going to be serious about me, there's one thing that you go after, and that's me, and that's not balanced. If we're going to have a balanced life, then we have to be unbalanced in the way that we chase a balanced God. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. It's pretty clear. See, God knows who he is. He doesn't need us telling him who he is. We do that to remind ourselves who we're serving and who we're going after. But he's perfectly content and knows who he is. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. For your Lord, your God, is a consuming fire, a jealous God. He's a God that consumes us. He wants every part of our life, not just a piece. Now, in the walk of life, we have to give him some things from now, uh, from time to time. God reveals things to our mind, brings things to our side. Okay, we gotta give you this, we gotta give you this, we gotta give you this. But we gotta be willing to give him those things or he's not God. We can't continue to take things back or say, I'm gonna do it my way. God knows that he's a consuming fire. Listen, if you're gonna follow me and you're gonna chase the things of me, realize that I'm gonna consume you. And that same fire that consumes you to refine you, to change you, will be one day you will be faced with it. It's called once unto man to die and then the judgment and your works will either be burnt up or they will make it because God is a consuming fire. He's not calling us to do this so that he can be a mean, ugly God, but he's calling us to do that to lift up his name. That way, whenever we stand before him on that day of judgment, our works will make it through and not be burnt up. Amen? He ends that statement with this. Oh, and don't forget I'm jealous. Don't, don't forget I'm jealous. I gotta be number one. Not number two, three, six, or seven, one. If I'm gonna have a balanced life, then I have to be unbalanced in my pursuit of a balanced God. Help us to dig deep and be unbalanced when it comes to the things of God. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through 27. Now the great crowds accompanied him, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Hard words. Pretty clear, though. You got to be willing to leave everything to come follow me. Not to be a church member, not to be a good person, not to be somebody everybody likes, not to be a people pleaser, but to be a disciple of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the cost. Hard words, isn't it? But he calls us unto it. 
He calls us unto it and says, listen, there cannot be other priorities. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 through 29. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God, we see it again, for our God is a consuming fire. And he repeats himself from the Old Testament through the writer of Hebrews. And he says, listen, I am a consuming fire. And if you're going to worship me, I have to be the main focus of your worship, of your life. And you do that by perfect worship or the best that we can drum up in our life is by reverence and by awe. That means, God, there's a reverence that I have about you whenever I go into a place, whenever I seek your face, whenever I ask you what's going on. There's a reverence. And God, help me not to lose my awe, who I'm talking to, who I'm dealing with, that I'm dealing with the Lord of lords and the King of kings. God, you do move on my behalf you move mountains you tear down walls you open up doors so God I will seek your face and I will do it in all how do we do it in all I'm unbalanced in my approach see if we're not careful we get more awed by the people on TV pick your flavor whatever activity is it doesn't matter We've got time to see them do their thing and be impressed by it. But we don't have time to lock ourselves in a place where we can hear from God Almighty. Can't lose our awe and reverence. If we want to have a balanced life, then we have to be unbalanced in the way that we chase a balanced God. Hard sayings from God, but if you remember, nobody loves your family more than he loves your family. Nobody loves the things that he's called you to more than he loves the things that he's called you to. So the reason why he says I have to be number one because I'm not a schizophrenic God. I don't have mental issues and disorders and all these different things that people battle with that are real. I'm solid. I know who I am. I'm balanced. And if you chase me, you become balanced. But you have to chase me in an unbalanced manner to the world and to everybody else. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to chase God in an unbalanced manner. Now, how do we do that? Just some practical ways this week as we pray and fast. Maybe look at your phone and say, you know what? I'm going to see how much screen time I've spent this week on my phone. And then take away the absolutes. Things for your work, phone calls, things of that nature. Can you take half of that time and study and pray? See how that would change your life this week. Get on your streaming, Hulu, Netflix, Prime, Peacock, whatever it is, whatever your flavor is, go in there and try it. Say, how much time have I been streaming on this? Maybe I need to cut that down in half. Don't worry, I've got some others in here. I'm gonna step on everybody's toes. Maybe you're the news person, Fox, CNN, CBS, NBC, whatever it is, and you have the loop. Maybe you're an ESPN person, and, and all they do is have loops. If you watch it long enough, you see the hour loop, and the same stuff just keeps coming back up and coming back up and coming back up. And sometimes we have that glaring on our TV multiple hours in a row, and we need to take that stuff off and say, listen, I've already watched it once. Now I'm going to take my Bible. I'm going to go in the room, turn on some worship music, and God seek your face. Challenge yourself this week. How can we do that? Maybe your deal is physical health and wellness. You go out and you spend your time at the gym or cycling or running or whatever it is. That's great. Be a part of that. And I know how important those can be in our lives. So what we do instead is saying, God, I know how important this is in my life and this creates some kind of stability. What I'm going to do is cut that time in half and use that time to go to your word and go chase you because I truly believe, like we sang this morning with our hands up, that you are all I need. If we're going to be, 
we're going to have a balanced life, we have to be unbalanced in our approach to a balanced God. God, you're not equal with anything else I do. To you and you alone. See, the next thing we have to do is take inventory. We have to pursue God in an unbalanced manner. But then we need to take inventory of our lives. And these are really the only two points. And, and this week as we go into prayer and fasting, let's take inventory of our lives. It's amazing. I was doing a little bit of research on Walmart. I'm reading a LinkedIn article that was printed back or that was uh, written back in 21 of, in November. November of, of, of 2021. And it was interesting to read it because they talked about Walmart. And they talked about how one of the great things about them that make them so productive, and they're in the top, like if they were a nation by themselves, they would be in the top 25 as far as economic wealth. I mean, they, they have it going on. And they said one of the things that helps them reach that healthy status and economic growth is they have what they, their system of inventory, which consists of two different things. It's an electronic system that's all put back together, and they call it JIT, which is just in time. And what they do is they do this thing called cross-docking. So what they do is they scan all their products. It is linked to the supplier on the other end. That supplier knows what they need. They put it into their truck. At the same time, a Walmart truck leaves from its place. They hit a dock in the middle, and this dock is not to store goods. What they do is they take it from the truck of the supplier, stick it in the Walmart truck, and then the Walmart truck goes to Walmart, unloads it, and begins to sell the product. Because, see, if they didn't have that system, what they would begin to do is chase things. Oh, this looks shiny. This looks good. This looks like it would be appropriate. And before they know it, they really don't know what sells and what doesn't work. And they wouldn't be the billion-dollar company that they are today. In mine and your life, it's the same way on the principle side. I love when I read business principles like that because I'm like, oh, yeah, God already came up with that principle. Because he said, if you will get hooked into me and let me pour my product inside of you, and then you can be effective in the world that you're in. So we have to take inventory just in time. It's funny to me because how many times have God arrived on the scene just in time? But that's how he operates because we have to trust him. So we have to take inventory. We have to be willing to say, God, now this week, I, that's, this week that's what we're doing. I'm taking my body, my mind, my soul, what you dump your spirit into, and your love and your grace and your mercy, and what I'm going to do is go into my study. I'm going to go into a place where I can worship you and where I can love you. And God, I know that you're taking your truck that's full of your Holy Spirit and your grace and your mercy, and what we're going to do is ask you to take that out of yours and put it in mine. Let me take inventory of where I'm really at. Holy Spirit, take, uh, teach me what I need to know. And whenever I go into my prayer time, whenever I go into my study time you know what I need so I might be going in there for one thing but God if you say no you need this today then I'm going to trust you I'm going to trust you above my feelings I'm going to trust you above my desires I'm going to trust you above my friends I'm going to trust you above my family because in this approach with God it is very one-sided I don't have to have time for balance God's word is the authority what the Holy Spirit speaks to me is an unbalanced approach but what I do is I go cross-dock with God. Because to truly be real about what's inside of us, we have to say, God, I have some product in me that's not from you. I have some selfishness in me. I have some desires in me. I have some thoughts that I know simply are not from you. So what I'm going to do is go cross-dock with you 
and wait for the Holy Spirit to meet me to fill up, fill me up with the things of God so then I can go out because I have to take inventory. It's an amazing thing whenever you pray and fast because every appetite that you have really comes out of what you feed your flesh. What we eat provides the fuel. We need the fuel to do what we do. If we cut down on the fuel, then what we're doing is cutting ourselves down to the bare necessities of what we need to do. And some of that other stuff we begin to shut out. It's the same thing of whatever you can fast. You do the best you can. Maybe because of conditions or medicine or whatever it is, you can't fast, but there's some other things that you can give up that you've been feeding your spirit with that you need to say, you know what, I need to cancel that for a week and I need to plug into what God's doing. And what you're saying is that's not my substance, God. You are my substance. I take inventory. Because God, what you have for me and what you're trying to do for me in 2024 is greater than I can imagine. So I'm gonna go cross dock a little while. This is what Paul writes, and this is where we're in, but this is what Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse five. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Now this is hard words. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Examine yourself. God, where am I at with these relationships that don't really matter a whole lot? Because if I don't keep these in balance or my job or whatever these issues are, these issues now turn into these issues. And now all of a sudden they turn into bigger issues because I didn't get them in balance over there. And now I have something more I've got to fight. And all of a sudden I'm really trying to keep everything in limbo, something I could have took over care over there. I didn't do, now it's coming over here and I have the chance to take care of it. And then all of a sudden... I've got something here that's a little bigger that I know that I just, man, it's going to be impossible to balance and make all that work. What's Paul telling the Corinthians? Take inventory. Do it at the beginning of the year here. Take inventory. Examine yourself. And then he says, he says examine yourself, not just to examine yourself, but see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. What he's saying is, don't take your word for it. Oh, I'm serving God and I'm doing it and I've told myself that and I believe it because sometimes we can lie to ourselves and justify things and get ourselves in a place that we don't need to be, even if it's good hearted or whatever we want to call it. But God did not tell us to go there. And if we would have examined ourselves and tested ourselves and said, God, is this from you? We would not be in that situation. So we have to keep it in balance. We have to say, God, where do I put my family and my job and my work? Is any of that out of balance? God, I want to test myself and make sure that my faith is genuine. I want to examine, God. I want to take inventory of my life and my desires because if I'm going to accomplish what you've called me to accomplish, I cannot do it on my own. I have to cross dock and go to your spirit and let it fill me so I can go out and accomplish what you've called me to with the right motives and the right heart. If not, you've I love Paul because he says, Jesus Christ is among you, and if not, you failed the test. He puts it out there where we can understand it. We have to examine ourselves. It's something that we all have to do. If you've got something that's kind of gripping a hold of your life, you need to test yourself a little bit and see if you're really walking where you're supposed to be walking. 
God, is, is this faith genuine? Because it is a balancing act and we all have it. But God, the one thing that I cannot be balanced in is my pursuit of you. If I'm going to live a balanced life, I'm in an unbalanced pursuit of you. But God, as far as my family, job, work, relationships, I've got to keep those balanced. I've got to make sure that I'm doing what you called me to do. And my desire today is just to help you come up with some unburden you. Say, man, there is some stuff I got to get out here and I got to repent or God's telling me to do something or maybe I haven't pursued him like I need to and today I want to make that commitment. So I'm going to ask you, would everybody stand up across the congregation? We're going to do something a little different this morning. I was thinking in my office and this is what I want to do. I want everybody to slip out and come to the front. It's 12 o'clock. We're going to be out of here by 12.04, I promise you. And the quicker you guys come down here, the quicker we can leave. I'll put it on you. I know it's cold and chilly. I was thinking about this on the Oregon Trail and the Wild West movies. It's really interesting when you think about this. This is the reason why balance for family and career and job and friends is so important. You know, they, must, they used to drive those wagons. And they would drive those team of whatever they were, a mule or horses or oxen or whatever they would be. And this was the thing. If they were sitting in the back in the covered part of the wagon, they couldn't be driving the team forward. But if they were driving the team forward, they couldn't be back there with their family. So there had to be a balance because if all you did is drive, you left your family. If all you did was hang out with your family, you couldn't make progress. So there always is a balance in this. And sometimes you will seem unbalanced, but it's God saying, listen, you need to put a little bit more work here right now. And what you will find out is as you put work here, you'll come back in balance. So what is it that you need to improve on this year? What is it God's speaking to you? Remember, I'm unbalanced in my way that I pursue God. But everything else, God, help me to have the Holy Spirit balance in my life. Look around at a neighbor there. Find somebody you can pray with, even if you don't know their name. You don't have to grab their hand or anything. Maybe just make eye contact really quick, which nobody does because it's weird. But try it for me, okay? <laughs> but try it for me. You know, you love them, I know. You make eye contact with your friend or your wife or husband. <laughs> That's okay. But we love you guys. So let's pray together. Father, our hearts are bowed to you in this moment. And God, we examine ourselves, God. We want to have genuine faith in you. You've called us in an unbalanced pursuit of you. So this year, God, as you speak to us this week of prayer and fasting, God, let it be unbalanced, God, in our desire to hear from you. God, let us bring our sacrifice to the table. It won't look like someone else's. It doesn't have to. It's just what we can do. God, help us to be balanced in the way that we work with friends and family and work and church and all these things. God, help us not to get distracted and go after something that you didn't call us for, but let us stay focused on what you've called us for. So, Father, I bring these wonderful people to you. Speak to their hearts individually. God, you know the needs that are represented here this morning. Health, finances spirituality. There's so many things, God, that people are pressing into. God, meet their needs according to your riches and glory. God, let our hearts be turned to you. Thank you for speaking to us. Let us go out and be the lights that you designed us to be. God, we trust you and we love you. And we ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says, amen, amen. Hey, we love you guys. Go stay warm. Be back tonight at six. High five your neighbor. We love you guys. And we'll see you tonight.
We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.